Hi there, my name is Michael Rice, and thanks for checking out my new podcast, the Bankruptcy Opinions Podcast. This is just going to be a, a fun little experiment. What I'm going to do is talk about different opinions about bankruptcy coming out from courts around the country, as well as maybe some other topics. Um, I'm, an, I'm primarily a bankruptcy attorney here in the Los Angeles area. So, of course, I'm going to focus on my home district, the Central District of California, the greatest one in the nation, if you ask me. Uh, it's definitely a very busy one, a big one. Um, nothing you hear here is going to be legal advice, of course, even though I'm an attorney. I can't really give you legal advice unless you're my client. I do take on new clients, so I guess this counts as attorney advertising. But um, if you want to get in touch with me, there'll be some contact information in the show notes on the episodes. And, you know, even if I can't um, give you legal advice, I'd love to just get in touch with you, figure out what you like about the podcast, what's working, what's not working, and just kind of hear your story. So get in touch with me. I hope you will. But let's get on with the show. Today's case, I am really excited to bring you In Re Ventura. I'm really excited about this case because it's a uh, subchapter five, which was a part of the bankruptcy code under the Small Business Reorganization Act of 2019 that became effective just as the lockdown recession, lockdown fueled recession uh, happened back in what was, I guess it was 2020 now. And this opinion is from Judge Grossman out of the Eastern District of New York. Um, the idea behind the SBRA was to make Chapter 11 more accessible to small business debtors. In fact, the House Committee report that accompanies the, uh, or that was part of the, the, legis- the lawmaking process says, the law was intended to help, quote, file bankruptcy in a timely, cost-effective matter, manner, and hopefully allow them, being the small businesses, to remain in business. I think that's really exciting. So the, the focus being on keeping these small businesses alive. And that came at, they couldn't have come at a better time. There are a lot of headlines about it back at the, in the legal press anyway at the time. So I dug out the most cited case on it, which is in Ray Ventura, which we'll talk about today. It turned out to be a really interesting case and possibly very useful considering here it is in very early December 2021 and the Los Angeles Business Journal just reported that a huge wave of hotel bankruptcies may be coming because of the uneven uh, return to travel and business travel that all these different waves of the coronavirus, or what are they called? Are they called waves or are they called uh, uh, variants that are coming? So like I said, this is in Ray Ventura. It's a decision decided on April 10th, 2020, again, out of the Eastern District of New York. It earned a spot in the bankruptcy reports at 615-BR1, so it's number one of number 615, and it's called Ventura, but I want to call it the Harbor Rose case. And before I get started, I, I just want to say this would, I think, you know, I don't know uh, Miss Ventura, I don't know the debtor here, so I, you know, I could be wrong, but I think this would be a wonderful turnaround to be part of. There's so many questions I would want to ask her. Like, what was her dream for the Harbor Rose? What, what was the, what's the long-term plan coming out of this reorganization? What would it mean to her daughter? She has an adopted daughter that comes up in the case. And most importantly, where does all this tenacity come from? We're going to talk about that. You're going to find the tenacity in this case. Where does she find it? Where does she, how does she dig deep and find it and keep going? And how can we keep it alive through this turnaround? Anyway, let's get into it. 
Uh, let's review the facts of the Harbor Rose case. The uh, debtor, Miss Ventura, was a, um, I don't know if she was a hotel investor, but I think she was a broker, uh, realtor, you know, involved or specializing in, um, what do you call it, hotel properties, hotel real estate. Um, she, uh, I, I once read the um, brokers, the, uh, the real estate license to practice, you know, to, to be involved in the real estate business. I once heard it's the most broad reaching license that any like regulatory bro- uh, body could um, grant because you could be like, you know, leasing, uh, you know, Section 8 housing or doing like that, what was it, a $400 million property up in Beverly Hills or something, you know, and, and everything in between. There's like commercial real estate. Anyway, it's real broad. It's, it's an interesting area. Anyway, back to Miss Ventura. Before um, the Great Reception, Recession of um, remember in 2008, the huge Great Recession started. Like, was it 2008 or late 2007? Somewhere around that time frame. But right ar- in the year 2007, right around that time frame, uh, Miss Ventura found uh, a great property in Long Island, in a, a specifically an area called Cold Spring Harbor, which, as I understand it, looking at the map, it looks like it's directly across the uh, water. I don't know if it's the Long Island Sound or what that body of water is. Somebody let me know in the show notes. But it's like it looks like it's just south of uh, Stamford, Connecticut. Anyway, she buys it for about a million dollars, I believe. Um, or at least the loan she took out was a million dollars. And it would become, she would turn this property into the Harbor Rose Bed and Breakfast. She loaned the money from Wells Fargo originally. Then it got uh, assigned to... Oh, it's called um, Gregory. Uh, it's 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 a little confusing when you read the case because it's it's like a human name. <laughs> but I think it's called Gregory Funding. I looked up this Harbor Rose on the internet, and it, it legit looks like a really great place to spend a weekend. It's got like it's painted white. It's got lots of leafy plants around um, around the property. It looks like it's kind of on a hillside, maybe. It's got a, in the pictures, and I'll link to it on the uh, show notes. It's got this very warm kind of yellowish, yellow wall, not yellowed, but like, you know, like yellow paint walls, um, nice wood flooring. It looks really beautiful. Um, I'll I'll put a link to it in the show notes. You can see it for yourself. It was built in the 1800s, and it's even on the uh, National Registry of Historic Places. And I guess, judging from the opinion, even uh, Judge Grossman um, talks about it as a very unique neighborhood. So very shortly after uh, Miss Ventura opens the, uh, or buys the uh, property, she starts uh, renting it out as a bed and breakfast and putting some listings online and getting some people to come and um, be, uh, what would you call them, a hotel, somebody that comes and uh, gets a hotel room. I can't remember. What, what would you call that? A resident? A um, visitor? I don't know. They, they came and wanted to spend a night or two in the, in the bed and breakfast. Interesting to note. So it's, it's a bed and breakfast, and this means that by the uh, city or town or county ordinance, she has to live in the property for it to be a bed and breakfast. But you have to give it to her for her tenacity because, as we know, shortly after buying the Harbor Rose, the Great Recession happened. And so she files a Chapter 7 case. I don't know, maybe it was 2008, so right, like pretty close, pretty, pretty much on the heels of acquiring the property. This Chapter 7 becomes very important because she gets a discharge in that case. Like I said, keep, keep that in mind. This is going to be very important. And then even a few years after um, she gets a discharge in the 7, she has to file a 13. So there's a lot. I love this tenacity. You know that things must be rough going. You know, it was a very long 
the the period after from 2008 to like 2014 was a maybe it was 2012 it was really rough i think people forget just how like deep that recession was um and and i assume when she bought the property that it wasn't like turnkey you know like you don't just loan a million dollars or put some listings online and start getting uh people to come to your bed and breakfast you have to like do a lot of work, you know, you have to at least repaint it, um, probably buy some new beds. There's, there's money you got to put in there. So I have a feeling the seven and the 13 were dealing with some of those other ancillary debts in addition to the secured loan for the, to purchase kind of the purchase money for the uh, property. So unfortunately today, or at least as of the date of the case, she owes almost 1.7 million on that original loan to Wells Fargo. And so she files a Chapter 11, I guess it's about a year, a little over a year before the uh, Small Business Reorganization Act, the SBRA, became effective and before uh, Subchapter 5 became available to her. And I think without the SBRA and Sub 5, this Chapter 11 case looked like it was on the rocks. So and I say that because I could be wrong. I don't, you know, if debtors counsel overhears this, let me know if I got it wrong. But one of the things you have to do in a Chapter 11 is file a disclosure statement which is sometimes, even though it's not supposed to be, it's like a miniature hearing on whether the plan's going to succeed. And in this case, she was trying to propose a Chapter 11 reorganization plan that basically split or bifurcated the loan. We're going to talk a little bit more about the sections on this, on the Harbor Rose into a secured and unsecured portion. I'm guessing she can't make the plan work if she has to pay the full 1.7 or so million dollars. So if she can strip down the loan, to just the secured portion, she can probably make it affordable. Remember we talked about that chapter seven? I think, the, the, and I, I'm pretty sure from the way the opinion reads, the idea is if she can bifurcate it and let's say get it back down to a million dollars, that 700,000 is like discharged because she got a discharge in the seven. So it's like kind of almost like a chapter 18 here. <laughs> um, but remember, here's the big catch. She's in a traditional chapter 11 because SBRA isn't effective. So this is like 2019. And she lives in the, the Harbor Road. She lives in the property that she, uh, her business, basically. And this is a huge problem under chapter, a traditional Chapter 11 because you can't modify a mortgage on a property you live in. And this is a bed and breakfast. She's required to live in the property to qualify as a B&B. So you see the problem. Here she's living in a property that's also her business, and Chapter 11 can't help her because of it, which is why it seems to me that um, her Chapter 11 was seriously at risk. And in fact, the court um, talks about in um, <clears throat> some prior procedural motions how it had previously rejected the debtor's disclosure statement because of this plan, gave the, uh, approved the creditor's disclosure statement, and actually scheduled a confirmation hearing on the creditor's plan, which may have involved liquidation. I don't really know exactly, but um, it might have been like the end of the Harbor Rose bed and breakfast because um, I, I would assume they would want to you know, move against the property, sell it, liquidate, you know, liquidate what they could, obtain their, um, the Harbor Rose for themselves, and then sell it. The, uh, uh, but this is interesting because just like I think it's like seven or ten days before the confirmation hearing, the SBRA becomes effective and subchapter five is suddenly available to her. Or is it? So there are three really interesting issues in this case. One, even though the Chapter 11 was still pending before SBRA, could she make the election to say, hey, I'm a small business debtor and I want to use subchapter 5? 
does she qualify as a small business debtor? And why would she want to use subchapter five? Because she wants to modify that loan. She wants to make changes to the, the security interest of that loan. So the first two issues are, are, are pretty are kind of straightforward to my mind, but you really should read the case if you're like in a situation like this, because Judge Grossman did a great job of exploring the issues in detail. These were all first impression issues. But it's really interesting to walk through it with the judge and the opinion. And it might be, you know, this might be a big part of why it's the most cited case I could find. But to me, the really groundbreaking part of the case that I, that I was most interested in, and maybe this is because I'm, I'm a little biased. I, I spent, when I was clerking in, in bankruptcy court for a couple of years, it was during the Great Recession and we saw a lot of individual Chapter 11 cases that involved real estate investors. And I know this is a B&B, but it, it's, you know, it's very much like the real estate is the big asset here. So the really groundbreaking part of the case I thought that I saw was about her, uh, Judge Grossman's loan modification analysis. So <clears throat> bear with me here. So a traditional, like we said, the traditional Chapter 11 has a real problem for debtors who are trying to modify a loan on a property they live in. Um, this it was, like a, it was characterized as a bright line prohibition in this opinion under uh, Section 1123B5. SBRA has a new provision under 1193 sub 3 that makes it a bit more malleable. So section 1193.3 says that 1123b5, so this is the bright line prohibition, only applies if the loan wasn't used primarily to acquire a property to live in and is used primarily in connection with the small business. So, so a a good example, I think you, this is pretty easy. I think the idea of this provision, and people who have looked at sub five more closely let me know, but I think the idea of this was that, um, and Judge Grossman even talks about it, is that if you have a small business owner who you know, maybe takes out a second mortgage, uh, uh, like a home equity line of credit, and uses that money to, um, Judge Grossman talks about like buying farm equipment or a taxi medallion, I mean, he is in New York, right? A taxi medallion kind of easily falls within that, um, that characterization, or, you know, of, of how loans that can be modified. So it seems like they're kind of focusing on second mortgages that are um, owed by an individual, but they're used to fund a business. But um, Judge Grossman, in this case, decides that, yeah, that Ms. Ventura can modify this loan, even though it was originally purchased for the B&B, um, because it's being used as a business. And let me give you the five-factor test that um, Judge Grossman wants to apply to 1193. And this is, this is what's really cool because it's, it's not often that you see a judge, especially a trial court judge or a bankruptcy uh, court, being able to um, propose a new rule. And if you, you know, everybody that goes to law school knows this is kind of a, a big moment. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't know if this got appealed. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it gets treated um, in the future, but uh, to decide whether the mortgage can be modified, the judge uh, proposes this. One, were, were the mortgage proceeds used primarily to further the debtor's business interest? Two, is the property an integral part of the debtor's business? Three, the degree to which the specific property is necessary to run the business? Four, do customers need to enter the property to utilize the business? And five, does the business utilize employees and other businesses in the area to run its operation? So this is not a bright line test. <laughs> it's anything but 1123B5. You know, this is like, 
this is a, a balancing act. We can look at, at this and try to understand what, the, what was the debtor's intent in terms of like incurring that loan. Notice it's not what the creditor's intent was. It's not what they put on the loan documents. It's what was the, um, the intent of the debtor in terms of acquiring this process or process of this property. And if it's primarily for business purposes, then, you know, or under that five-factor test, that's going to put Ventura, Miss Ventura, back in control of the plan of confirmation for the Harbor Rose. And judging from the website, it looks like she's, I didn't go look at the doctor to see what happened next after this, but it looks like she's still in business. So congrats to the debtor. Very interesting case. Highly recommend you check it out. Um, and more importantly, if you're in Long Island looking for a nice bed and breakfast, either I don't know, maybe 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 people don't do bed and breakfast in the winter in Long Island. Sounds kind of cold. Maybe they do. If you do or you don't, or you look in the spring or in the summer, definitely check it out. I'll give you a link. Um, congrats to Miss Ventura, and I'll see you on the next episode. All right, so that's a wrap on today's case. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it made sense. These things can get pretty complicated and, you know, you could spend a lot of time trying to revise it. So I hope, I hope you got it. If you have any questions about it or want to talk to me about it, I would love to hear from you. Just shoot me an email to michael at michaelricelaw.com. Um, you can find links to this show. This should link back to um, where I do a lot of blogging on the subject and talk about bankruptcy generally. I would love to hear your story. I can't give you legal advice unless you're my client, which by the way, I am taking new clients. If you want to work with me, I love talking to debtors. I love talking to people who are, you know, just thinking through what you can do, what you're facing, how we can creatively come up with stuff. So I would love to hear from you. Of course, by saying that, I probably just elevated this to attorney advertising, but, but I hope it doesn't feel like advertising to you. Anyway, get in touch with me. Um, if you like the show, subscribe. It'd be great. I could definitely use more subscribers. And if you want to post a review or some thoughts, that would be great. I should have this available on all the major podcast platforms soon. So look forward to seeing you on the ne next episode.